pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Elissa Branch, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode continues our Houses in Motion mini-series with Crystal Sumner, the head of Legal, Compliance, and Risk at Blend. During the episode, Sumner discusses Blend's recent accessible housing program and the challenges around qualifying for a mortgage. She also touches on the online mortgage space, including the increase of remote online notarization. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Finance of America Companies provides lending solutions for every phase of life, with a proven ability to innovate towards evolving needs and an unwavering focus on the customer first, last, and always. Finance of America Companies empowers borrowers with a diverse suite of services in traditional and reverse mortgages, commercial real estate loans, home improvement, and more. Visit www.financeofamerica.com to learn how Finance of America is pushing dreams forward and find opportunities to join their incredible team. That's financeofamerica.com. Finance of America Companies is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Brenna Nath, HW Plus Managing Editor here at Housing Wire. We're continuing our Women of Influence Spotlight Series, where we've selected women throughout the years who've been nominated and awarded our Women of Influence title and asking them what they've been up to and seeing some of the latest initiatives and projects that they've been working on. So first off, right now, I have with me Crystal Sumner. She's the Head of Legal, Compliance, and Risk at Blend. So first off, thanks for joining me, Crystal. Thanks so much for having me. My favorite part of these interviews is I go back and so I'm going to read Crystal's profile for a 2020 award last year. And then obviously needless to say, it might be an understatement. A lot has happened in the last year. So I'll let her touch on some of those things that happened since, but reading through her 2020 profile, Crystal Sumner played an instrumental role in growing Blend's customer base to more than 225 lenders, and I'm sure that number has grown since then, while brokering contracts through Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank. She joined Blend in 2016 and immediately began working tirelessly to bring Blend's one-tap pre-approval technology to market, enabling lenders to verify a consumer's assets, income, and employment with source data and reducing paperwork to provide a modern application experience for consumers. In her daily role at Blend, she exemplifies how to implement and advance consumer banking technology, ensuring the company builds innovative products that simultaneously push the customer consumer lending industry forward while adhering to strict security and compliance standards. So I know that was a lot, and I'm sure there's so much <laughs> more that goes into your day-to-day. So I'll let you kind of fill in the blanks there and talk about, you know, what are those latest projects that you're passionate about and some of the new initiatives that you're working on? Yeah, I know. Thanks so much. And thanks for asking. Um, I can't believe it's already been almost a year and what a year it has been for Blend. Um, you know, most recently we just had you know, a successful IPO in July, which I just have to note because it was a true team effort, not just on the legal team, but across the company. Uh, but really a couple of the other areas that I've been passionate about this year have been first a recent announcement around Blend Impact, which Blend who like kind of sits in the middle of this ecosystem really has an opportunity to make a positive difference when it comes to increasing access and equity in the housing and financial services. And so this led to our, you know, our recent announcement where we want to seek to bring all those various aspects of the ecosystem together to expand access. And that kind of has three critical initiatives. The first is our equitable ecosystem, where we're currently exploring areas where we can we can work together with both our partners and our customers to try to find areas that we can, you know, drive more accessibility, whether that's potentially home buyer education or additional language support or alternative data for credit underwriting. You know, there we just have a real opportunity kind of sitting in this middle to drive efforts there. 
We also, as part of the Blend Impact, are looking at Blend Givebacks, where we have, you know, our employees have 24 hours of paid time to participate in volunteer programs. And then we're also having a full dedicated day of service company-wide, where we're going to have one cause that the whole company can kind of um, volunteer their time towards. And then last, as part of Blend Impact, we have become part of Pledge 1%, where we're joining more than 1,500 companies and pledging 1% of our product development and employee time towards building actual kind of products that can help to, to support the equitable ecosystem. You know, we just feel that, you know, the financial services and inclusive financial services should be top of mind for everything and or for everyone. And something that I'm really passionate about um, as kind of a, a role that I support um, within the company. And the second, you probably also heard we just closed um, in the Q2, the acquisition of Title 365 to streamline title, escrow, and settlement service. So you kind of heard about OneTap earlier. I think at Blend, we're really looking to push the process of, of, of home buying, which is often a complex and stressful experience, to be one that's more this end-to-end kind of delightful experience that's connecting all the service providers together. I actually recently just refinanced my, my, my home and having the notary and having you know the title company all come to your house and like things not be filled out it just it just felt kind of like an antiquated way of doing business and so blend spent a ton of time and energy evaluating title companies to make sure we partnered with the right company to kind of bring the title and escrow space into kind of this next this next phase um, and so partnering, you know, blends engineering and talent with the Title 365's deep, deep expertise, we're really looking to try and create, you know, an, an efficient and deeply integrated title and settlement. And I would say personally for me, I think one of the best parts has been the Title 365 team. I have now amazing new colleagues that I get to work with and learn so much from each and every day, um, which is one of the things that really just always keeps driving me and makes me super excited to be at Blend. One thing that's been cool to watch or interesting, maybe cools the wrong word, over the last maybe two years is just as much as we're all in the industry, we all also, a lot of us are homeowners. And so just to hear, you know, that you just went through your process yourself. I bought my home in October of last year, went through the closing process as well. And um, to see it from the consumer experience, but then also to your point going in, and that's the world that you are innovating in as well and streamlining the process just creates this cool double scenario where I mean, I'm sure there's other industries as well where you also take our participant in the same thing, but just interesting to know how you get to experience it firsthand. 100%. When I actually applied for my the, the initial mortgage, I got to use Blend as like a consumer two or three times. And then the one, the lender that didn't have Blend and like filling out like a PDF, it was actually much harder than you thought. Like that borrower education, even though I live and breathe, kind of having it just a much more seamless experience was was just such a better better consumer experience, even as someone who like lives and breathes this space. And speaking of living and breathing in this area, I mean, your title obviously is head of legal, compliance, and risk. There are so many trends that are happening right now in that department, especially I mean, you could look at just last year alone. When I mean, in the closing world, we all went to stay at home, orders work from home. So as we were just talking about the closing industry drastically changing, there are, I'm sure, a lot more trends. So from like your seat and what you are kind of watching in the industry, what are some of the trends and the news pieces that you're closely watching that probably our listeners should also know about? Yeah. Well, I mean, first, I mean, it's you can't ignore what's happening with the pandemic across across all fronts. But I think, you know, kind of tying onto the earlier, earlier topic of blend impact, I think something that 
I'm keeping a, you know, a close pulse on and that we're seeing, you know, kind of startling and, and somewhat just, you know, sad kind of statistics coming out is the impact the pandemic is having on Americans' ability to qualify for mortgage mortgages and specifically the impact that it's having on minority borrowers. A recent report from Morgan Stanley found that for minority borrowers with the lowest credit ratings and Black and Hispanic borrowers in that middle credit tier, that mortgage denial rates had increased in 2020 kind of compared with years earlier. And that we're further, you know, and you've seen a lot of commentary on this, but the gap between white and black Americans with the lowest credit scores who were denied widened to 12 from 10 percent between 2019 and 2020. And so this increasing, uh, you know, inequity and in financial services is a huge focus for us at Blend. And again, that, that's why we're, we're strengthening kind of our focus and, and, and try to bake an impact with the Blend impact announcement. Um, I think the second, again, somewhat tied to the pandemic. Is, is the recent report that you know 81% of Americans say they now feel secure make, secure making financial transactions online. And I think honestly, having not left my home for much of anything, I order my groceries and you know still today, it's both a convenience, but also kind of from a safety perspective, having a two-year-old, um, this has been an acceleration of Americans really feeling comfortable transacting online. And, and in fact, the real estate is the leading industry for digital transfer, transformation via kind of online notarization. And so this increased trust and reliance that consumers have in digital solutions means that we blend have an opportunity to serve that great pop, that greater population in that end-to-end financial journey. And kind of tied to that, of course, you know, the remote online notarization, I know, you know, the MBA and many have, you know, have been following this, but, you know, 34 states have enacted some form of permanent remote online notarization. Um, it really is just kind of a critical component to allow, you know, faster and more seamless clothings. Again, having the notary come to my house the other day was just kind of a bizarre way to operate, um, given how much, you know, consumers are expecting the ability to transact and still safely and securely. That's um, front of mind for all of us. Um, But seeing, you know, clearly traction there of the state and then, you know, some hopefully at the federal level at some point. Um, So those are kind of the things that that I've been kind of pulsing on and and keeping top of mind. And, uh, you know, all these kind of tie into some of the work and projects that I'm, I'm doing at Blend as well. I want to emphasize too, one of the things you just said is the real estate industry being a leader in it. And one of the questions that I've asked kind of throughout different interviews is kind of setting that record straight because the housing industry, I mean, there's so many different parts and moving, moving kind of areas with it, but people sometimes say, you know, like, oh, it's outdated or it's antiquated, but sometimes like, no, actually there are a few things out there where housing and real estate is paving the way and maybe on the cutting edge of technology. And I wanted to emphasize that because that was one of your answers. Like, actually, no, this is an area where, you know, the industry is on the cutting edge of technology. 100%. And, and that's, I think, at the at the core of what Blend is, you know, here and trying to help do. And it's not just us alone. There's a whole ecosystem of partners that are, that are helping integrate technology into the financial services industry because, you know, lenders are hungry for it um, and, and consumers kind of expect it. Yeah. And you touched on your last answer and something I mean, we've been seeing in our coverage a lot right now is we're, we're talking a lot about DC, what's happening there. They've made a major push this year when it comes to minority home ownership and low to income borrowers. And one of my favorite questions to ask is, you know, you're in a room, you're sitting in front of the top stakeholders in DC, you have the, like the, they're, they're listening to what you have to say. You have a captive audience. What would you want to talk to them about? Yeah. Interesting to ask. We actually are are, are having discussions internally about some conversations that we're, we're going to be having um, kind of upcoming. And, and one of the top topics that we have is just, you know, better guidance and how we want to, how can we best serve kind of limited English proficiency borrowers? You know, the census data shows that nearly 9% of U.S. population has limited English proficiency. And so, 
again, when you think about technology, how can we how can we meet um, that that subset of borrowers, but also doing it in a way that, of course, is always a forefront of in this kind of highly regulated regulated space that we can do it and ensure that we're kind of meeting the regulatory obligation. So that is something that we're actually currently kind of discussing internally and something that I is would be top of mind. But kind of following on your point, it goes beyond that. I think we should be thinking about and talking about ways to expand home ownership among people of color generally. You know, for example, the FICO scores are, are an outdated way of measuring creditworthiness and disproportionately affect people of color for, from you know accessing credit and purchasing a home. Um, we also should be thinking about income more holistically. The gig income and the gig economy um, is discounted, and 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 we should think about should it be and should it negatively, you know, you know, it is negatively affecting um, black borrowers, and so. Those are some of the things that thinking about, you know, really how can we be more thoughtful about how we should be expanding um, ownership um, for people of color specifically. And then second, I, I didn't note this earlier, though, in the news, but there was, you know, the recent announcement between um, HUD and FHFA about kind of a joint memorandum of understanding about how they're going to be um kind of collaborating, working together on their fair lending policy enforcement and investigatory activities. And I just think as a former regulator myself, any ways that we can kind of, you know, have efforts where the federal regulators are aligning where possible, I think just, you know, helps and create kind of, you know, consistency, but also, you know, clear rules of the road for people to know how they're operating. And so those are the things that, you know, if I was there and talking to people and again, things, conversations I'm already kind of prepping for that I would be highlighting. That's a good added detail about the alignment of multiple regulars kind of coming together and issuing those announcements. And to your point, and even as I guess mentioned earlier, is that has been a lot of our coverage lately is the continuation. And it was cool because I think we had a piece out at the start of the year about, hey, how, how do you create change in minority homeownership? And it, it all really pointed back to what we're seeing today. I can't believe we're almost at the end of the year, but <laughs> watching it come about full circle um, has been interesting to watch in coverage. Yeah. Well, kind of switching topics a little bit, I know your answer to the first question really centered around blend impact and a lot of, you know, the impact of change that blend is doing. And this next question is very similar to that. You are an executive sponsor of women of blend, which is the professional development of blends, female workforce and building a supportive network within the company. Can you talk about this initiative? Cause that's a huge, I a topic I think that goes with our women of influence is this idea of creating that next generation of the female workforce and helping mentor, which is another part of not only getting the talent, but retaining the talent once they're in the door. So can you share some about your passion for that um, in around the initiative? Yeah, no, it, it's Women at Blend is one of the first um, ERGs that Blend, Blend set up, and it has been years ago now. I mean, we, we were early in establishing um, ERGs, and we continue to add to them. But as you know, as one of kind of the the early um, female executives at Blend, it was something that was core core to my you know belief that I really wanted to be a resource. You know, not just from a professional perspective, but just generally kind of being available. And and the women energy is is just an area in which we can really try and have the peers and mentors um, to to new hires, but also people who are just kind of thinking through those next steps. And, you know, and as we know, kind of the percentage of women generally in tech can be, has been notoriously small and even more so in fintech. So it's critical for us to have a group that where people can really connect and empower each other. And this group amongst like having speakers come in, um, but it, it also creates a safe space where we can connect and talk about, talk to our allies and, and to advocate, educate, and really try to drive positive change and really just be kind of 
you know, a group where people can kind of lean on each other. I will say though, Blend has really made huge strides in diversity. 45% of our workforce at this point is made of women or individuals who identify as trans. But I recognize like everyone else, there's still tons of work that needs to be done. Um, and then the last I would say is I've just been super lucky that both my peers, whether it's peers from currently at Blend or from classmates from law school, and I've had great mentors who I know have been critical to my success and believing in me and really pushing. So I really try and strive to pay that forward and, and do the same for women, both either, either the rat women at Blend, um, but just generally throughout the company. This, I would probably copy and paste almost your answer there and like the broader theme of that to what my answer would be to the next question, which is, you know, what do you think it would take to get more women and more diversity in the industry? And I think a common theme that I've seen is to your point of like, you know, half of it is thanking the people who helped get you where you are today. And then also mentoring the next generation, but I'm sure there's so much more to unpack there. Yeah. So asking kind of that question directly is what, what would it take to get more women in the, in the industry and what would it take to get more diversity in the industry? I think really having kind of open and continued conversations about how employees, it's really the first place to start. Like I, prior to us, like signing on to like the actual podcast, we talked about the fact that work-life balance or trying to say what that concept is like that is, that is nearly kind of impossible at this stage of the pandemic where there's, as my dog just ran out, my child's about to run in. Like we, we need to just be our open and true selves and have conversations about you know, how challenging it can be. And that's that's really what I try to model is really an openness about, you know, the difficulties, but also the highlights of, of what it can be to be working in tech. Um, and that we appreciate that there's, you know, there's always gonna be, uh, sorry, I told you it's gonna be systematic issues that are contributing to lack of diversity, but how can we educate ourselves to see how we can be better? And so, frankly, I think where I do is I just hold myself accountable and I hold my leadership leadership team accountable to make sure that we're really being effective leaders and really thinking about the challenges that, you know, our employee base is having, the, the challenges that our industry is having, and so that we can set a good example for our employees and hopefully create as inclusive kind of environment as we can. I appreciate that. And I know we unpacked a lot in this interview, everything from your latest initiatives at Blend all the way to how do you create that impactful change, which I think is a theme of our Women of women of Influence. Um, you get to see a lot of not only the impact they're having in the role, but also their impact they're leaving just in general, even in and outside of the industry when it comes to um, building a pathway for the future. So first off, thank you so much for joining me, Crystal. And hopefully this is not the last of our conversations. Thanks so much for having me. On September 27th and 28th at the Omni Hotel in Frisco, Texas, HousingWire will host its second annual event, which will be in person for the first time. HousingWire Annual offers each guest the opportunity to gather with top industry professionals for exclusive content, technology demonstrations, and unbeatable networking. Find out more by going to the events tab on the HousingWire site. You won't want to miss out on this event, so register by September 20th. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.